discussions. This is a growing coalition of information for a community built on all things cannabis. We are curating dialogue between various people throughout the cannabis supply chain to broaden access and to bridge the gap between cultivators, clinical providers, and connoisseurs to unite our community. And now, your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joint Discussions. I'm your host, Pepper Hernandez. Today, we have a special guest, Chia Rodriguez. She is a cannabis cultivator, a cannamom, and a community builder. Many of you know her from our local community. Hi, Chia. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Yeah, hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Um, there's so many things that you're doing, but let's first start off by figuring out who you are. So for those listeners who may not know who you are specifically, tell us a little bit about you as a human. Sure. Well, um, let's see. I uh, live in Mendocino County. I was born and raised um, on an off-grid, back-to-the-land hippie community. Um, so I still live there with my husband and, and my two kids. And um, I'm a cultivator. We just finished, oh, well, not just finished. I guess last fall, we finished our 23rd year of cultivation together. So basically been doing it since I was like 18, 19. And so, yeah. And so I have a couple of kids. My older son is now 21. So he's in the garden and helping us out there. So life is ever changing with the, having a cannabis brand and, and all those things, but uh, it's kind of exciting to teach up the next generation. So. <laughs> so you've been doing this pretty much your whole entire life and has it always been for medicinal values? Has it always been for just a way of living, a, a way of making means to an end? How did that happen? Yeah, um, all of the above, really, because so my father was a cultivator, gorilla style when I was growing up. So I learned from him. And my husband and I actually took over his garden for our first couple seasons, we utilized his space. And my husband's father also was what we call it, you know, gorilla grower back in the day, too. So it's sort of in, you know, very ingrained in our lifestyle in our community, I would say that probably 85% of the people around us cultivate. In the last couple of years, that number is dwindling a little bit because of the changes of, you know, the regulation and such with the pricing with the market and stuff like that. But it has always been in my life. And whether that be smoking it, <laughs> growing it, advocating for the plant, it's always been a huge part of my life. It always will be. I don't know if I could ever get away from cannabis if I tried. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing that, honestly. That's actually a really good question. What would you be doing if you weren't doing what you're doing? Well, that's funny because I know I've been thinking about that a lot lately because, you know, having a brand and a farm in the regulated space in California is really hard. You know, it is really hard. And like ends aren't meeting right now. And we're having to find other ways to be creative about creating income sources. And, you know, I have a lot of trainings. I used to be a midwife assistant. I uh, was a doula for many years. I was a childbirth educator for about 15 years. I taught in hospitals and at 
a high school locally and taught at pregnant teenagers. And so I, you know, I worked in that whole side of things for a long time. And I always thought, well, I could go back to that. But I also am a certified health coach. And I was always dreaming of doing being a cannabis health coach. Um, so <laughs> maybe that's, you know, the way to tie it all together. So we'll see. I, I mean, I'm trying to diversify with this. I have a also a, a topical a company where I have Chaos Nature and I have products that I'm making there on the CBD side. So just really trying to be more diverse. I also own a boutique in Ukiah and I make jewelry. So I get to like put my creative energy into that as well. So many questions. First off, let me tell you, if you ever want to be part of the Cannabis Holistic Institute as an educator, student educator, please let me know because oh throwing that out there, we'd love to have you as a student as well as an educator. We choose our students to be teachers, but let's dial back in because you just opened a whole avenue for me. Let's talk about what's going on right now in the cannabis market. And of course, I, the school, everything that we stand for is supporting local farmers, craft cannabis farmers, people who are making amazing medicine. Let's support those people so they have the money to continue to do that. So let's talk about that right now in the California market, the price and what that looks like. Can you answer or speak to that at all? Sure. So we have a brand called Arcana Flowers, and it's been out and about since about 2015. And things have definitely ebbed and flowed and changed over the years in the bulk marketplace as well. And so right now in California, we're on, you know, year three, basically, of overregulation <laughs> under Prop 64. And the rules were written not in favor of small farmers, small operators, legacy operators. And so, you know, we kind of knew that going in. Unfortunately, the language was changed the night before this Prop 64 was passed. It was some language that was changed. And so it sort of gave the big guys a lead in. And that sort of, you know, we were anticipating having a leg up and being able to have five years without all that going on so that we could really get our foothold here. And that didn't happen. And so people have been scrambling and, and working super hard to just even get permitted and licensed in the first place. I mean, that's a whole can of worms in itself. And I could talk forever about that. It's been very, very challenging in Mendocino County specifically. I know Humboldt has had a really hard time. Trinity County, many people don't even have permits at this point. And so in Mendocino County, we've had many people apply. We've had you know, new department heads in the cannabis department changing constantly. And it's really hard to get anywhere, you know, when the staff changes. And so that's been a big problem, as well as the ordinance here in Mendocino County was written, not in direct mirroring of Prop 64. And so there's contradictory information in the county versus the state. And so that has caused a lot of problems for people as well as just you're talking about hippies who have lived in the hills for 40 50 years they built houses they built all kind of things without permits and the county has demanded that we move forward and permit everything before we can get our final permit for the county and then that leads into the state and so many people have basically spent their life savings trying to get their farms and their businesses their houses up to compliance in order to even enter and they can't 
they just don't have money to either continue operating with the prices where they're at right now. And so to answer your question about pricing, we've seen dips before, for sure. Uh, maybe four years ago or, you know, right after Prop 64 passed, there was a big dip and things were going down to, you know, two, three, four hundred dollars a pound. And for small operators, that's not a sustainable income. And it's really a challenge because many craft farmers like myself, their, their overhead can be quite high. It really, you know, depends on the nature of your farm. If you have flatland, that's a totally different story. <laughs> if you're on the side of a hill, like I am, or where you're making your own power, you're collecting your own water, um, all those things go into the cost of goods. And so right now the pricing is down, you know, I've heard really sad numbers, even down to 50 and a hundred dollars a pound, anywhere from maybe if you got $600 a pound right now, um, you'd be better off than anybody else, you know? So very scary numbers here in California, um, not a livable wage by any sense of the word. And trimming, as you may or may not know, costs somewhere around a hundred dollars. I used to trim for a neighbor many years ago. I got paid $285 a pound to trim when I was pregnant with my first son. So 20 years ago. And, you know, it's always been about 10% of the value of the, the final sale price. And right now, nobody's going to trim it for $20 a pound or whatever. So it's unfortunate at this moment. So many people are deciding whether this is viable for them. They're maybe um, giving up their license or their permit. People are trying to get creative and figure out what to do and how to do better, how to save resources, all those things. But at the same time, you know still trying to stay in the game and, and produce good quality medicine. So it's a mixed bag. It's a lot going on. It's a lot happening. I'm really surprised to hear the price of cannabis is that low. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really blown away by it. I know it's, uh, it's uh, like insulting is it really is. how it feels. <laughs> it's like, uh, gets you in the heart, you know? And I'm, of course, I'm, I'm wondering like, is that because the bigger corporate cannabis Monsanto brands are just shoveling out so much cannabis that it's balancing and that's what they're creating for the price or is there more to it? Can you speak to that? I'd say there's more to it, but that is a factor. What I like to say, Nijon, just like my bullet points are bad regulation and oversaturation are the two main problems at this point. You know, don't do it like California, any other state. Don't, don't mirror what California has done because we really didn't do a very great job right out the gate. And so in terms of oversaturation, yeah. So I, I don't want to throw out names and go there and put the energy there, but there are large companies that can grow cannabis for a loss and they can sell it for, you know, people are selling jars in wholesale for $2.50. The jar costs a dollar. So I, I don't know how that's exactly going to affect us as we go down the road. Things are changing because a lot of people are leaving the market because it's not working for them. So there is a sort of natural filter that's happening at the moment where cultivators are leaving, distributors are leaving. They got too much investment. It's not working out for them either. Everybody in the supply chain at this moment is suffering really hard. When I speak to retailers, which I do a lot because I, I do all the sales for my brand and stuff, and they're saying that sales, you know, last fall were down at about 80% reduction. And then that COVID may have played a big part in that. A lot of people don't have the income to go spend in a dispensary, pay the tax, which is a ridiculous rate uh, in a lot of counties. It's very high. 
And also in the state of California, we are only serving about 30% of our population. Um, we have 70% of the counties in California said no to cannabis. So we are not giving the consumers, the patients, we are not giving them access to medicine. So if we had more retail and on top of that, more access to cannabis, maybe things would be different. Those are all valid points. I appreciate you for expanding on them. So let's talk about you specifically and your brand. Tell us more about your brand and how it started, how you come up with the name, like all of that good stuff. I want, I want to know all the juicy details there. Sure. Okay. So let's see. So we live on a farm called River Shy Farms. That's actually my older son's name. And so we have owned this property for 21 years now. Um, he was born here shortly after we purchased and moved in. And so we started Arcana Flowers, um, which is our brand in 2015. And yeah, so we do proprietary genetics. My husband's a breeder. Um, we've been basically collecting genetics from neighbors, friends. You know, we go places and get seeds sometimes, getting seeds from just the community and trying to breed some unicorns. Basically the main genetics that we're using, we've been breeding with because of our unique appellation here. And where we are, we're in a southeast facing hill. And so we get a ton of sun. We get all day, 6 a.m. to, you know, in the summertime till like 7 p.m. And so we're also super exposed to wind. So we work with genetics that are a little bit, you know, they're strong, they can handle all the elements. <laughs> and so we don't get a lot of fog here typically. Um, we work with some genetics that have super duper dense buds. And so we try to do our best with those and not get botrytis and things like that. So my husband has been working really hard to kind of like create his, his menu. We have a nursery license also. So we are getting genetics out there, mostly in the seeds. Um, we started working with Mendocino Seed Company. And so we have some of our seeds with them right now. And um, in the past, we've sold plants to people, but we felt like selling plants is a really big responsibility. Actually, there's a lot of diseases and pests and things that we don't really want to be responsible for. So we decided to kind of like shift gears into creating more seeds for people to try out some of our genetics that way. And so, yeah, so Arcana Flowers is a line that we have, I think we have like 15 SKUs, very small, a couple of different sizes, about seven different strains. And so, yeah, we've been having fun trying to brand ourselves and really get out there and create a unique sort of package because our motto is better living through cannabis and on all the ways. So that's how we treat the plants, how we treat the land, um, the energy that we put into them. We have rules in front of the garden, like we don't play rap music, misogynistic music. We try not to listen to the news negativity. <laughs> try not to have arguments in front of the plants. We like take that energy out of the garden. We always try to thank the plants, give them, you know, lots of love and energy, um, singing to them. We pretty much have music on in the garden all the time for the plants. And um, yeah, so, you know, we live off the land, we're off grid and we produce all of our own power. So we're solar powered here and we also collect all of our own water. So up until last season, if we didn't have enough water, we would start turning things off eventually during the season. We had a couple years where the helicopters used our ponds for putting out fires. So we got our water amount reduced. And if it doesn't rain, we just don't have enough water. So we, we do a lot of cultivation techniques to save water. 
And this last year we drilled a well and we hit a good amount of water and it really helped a lot to um, maintain us through the season. And so I'm hoping that <laughs> that happens this year too. So far so good. And our ponds are full at this moment. So, you know, we really have to work with the elements in order to survive. We don't have municipal anything. And so, you know, it's a harsh lifestyle, but we do our best to survive and thrive here. So, Well, I, I love everything that you just said, the better living through cannabis. I love that motto. I love what you're doing as far as being very conscious about communication and like how you're using the earth for the plants. And obviously sustainability is a big thing on your property, I would imagine, can yep. you give me kind of like a little menu of what you typically enjoy growing that people will be able to see coming from you in the next coming years? Yeah. So, okay. So um, we do clones and seed production. So we cultivate on our farm. Now we, we have changed our license types over to a mixed light as well as an outdoor. So we do growing with clones under mixed light, uh, light deprivation. Um, most people are familiar with that term. And then we do some outdoor. And so we have a variety of genetics with the clones. We've been growing maybe a menu of like 10 strains over the last few years. We only put a few of those in the packaging. We tend to only put things that we've created into our brand. So it's all unique stuff most people haven't heard of. But now we're getting a name for some things. We have one of our strains is called the True Barrymore. And that's, hopefully we can get Drew Barrymore a taste of that at some point. <laughs> and my son, my younger son's name is True, but the genetics, you know, we also have the True Cushion there from way, way back. So we kind of play on both of those things. And then let's see, we have the Jedi Knights OGs. My husband has a thing for Star Wars. We have the Wookiee Cookies as well. <laughs> so we like to play around with the names there. But the Jedi Knights is a really nice, like hybrid, it's about a 50-50 sort of OG. And it looks like these really long, like bright white lightsabers. Like all the hairs are just like glowingly white and really, really long. It's super easy to trim. There's hardly any like fan leaves on, on the colas. So that's a nice one to work with in general. The Lemon Fire OG is one of our flagship strains as well. A super nice sativa. It, sometimes it can knock you on your butt though. So... <laughs> Maybe not the best one for the middle of the day, but you never know. Yeah, so we've been playing with a lot of different flavors. Right now, we also have the pineapple cheesecake, which is our top seller. People really love that one because of the name, but also the flavor and the smell is just incredible. So we're playing with some crosses of that as well. This year, we crossed our lemon fire with a strain from our friends over in Potter Valley. They're called Heart Rock Mountain Farms. And we crossed the golden lemons with our lemon fire OG. And we came up with the lemon meringue this year. And that's my new favorite thing. I've been smoking that for a couple of weeks, <laughs> pretty steady during the day. And that's very social and really nice. I get a lot of like social anxiety and awkwardness when I, you know, I like to go to these events, but sometimes smoking cannabis at an event where you have to talk to people you'd have never met before, or lots of people can be challenging being stoned. And so that one I found actually for me is really nice because it gets me like energized and a little bubbly and a little laughter in there. So it's nice to, to utilize for that. But yeah, we're playing around with some new genetics this year. We actually hardly started any seeds. Our seeds are only about an inch tall right now. We were considering scaling back immensely because of the nature of the industry this year. And so we haven't planted anything. I think we have actually two plants in the ground as of today, which it's kind of late in the season, it's June 15th. Normally we've had everything planted 
by the first and we've already have a light deprivation halfway through. And so because of the nature of what's happening with sales, it's like, if you can't sell it, why grow it? And we really want to put our focus on our brand, which by selling things through our brand, we actually get a way higher rate at this moment per pound than we ever would selling it bulk wise, which totally is flipped from two years ago. I couldn't say that it was the opposite. I was making a lot less putting things in our packaging versus what we were selling bulk wise. And so I'm trying to just focus a lot of attention and effort towards the brand and our packaging is really colorful. It's sort of like the rainbow, which I love. And it has this sort of like swirly vibe on it. So kind of taking it back to our roots from our hippie parents. (laughs) So been having fun with that. We traditionally, you know, we hand trim everything and we don't really make a lot of other products in terms of pre-rolls. We used to do that. I'm actually feeling like getting back into it. I use them a lot for events and promotions and things like that, but I haven't had those in dispensaries. But yeah, so it's kind of a broad description of what we're growing and and what we have in the brand. And I love your packaging. It is absolutely beautiful. And I love your products and I've followed you for quite some time. So Chia, let's shift gears a tad and talk about the Chaos Nature Talk to us about that. That's a brand that's something that you've put together. It's an herbal packaging, correct? Tell tell me more about that. Sure. Um, So, okay. So I've had a line of cannabis topicals for about 15 years. I started out making just a cannabis salve for my own use and then started sharing it with friends and are relying on it heavily. Um, I have a lot of very regular clients that pick up my salve for many, many years, whether they're dealing with neuropathy or skin issues, menstrual cramps, you name it. And so I didn't really want to take that into the cannabis marketplace because for topicals, it's very hard with the temperature, you know, and a van or a delivery van or even a dispensary sometimes is not cold enough for them. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to have that risk basically. And I also have had some issues with the testing because of I'm blaming it on the beeswax because I I started testing out the individual items. I know my cannabis is clean because I have to test that for my brand. Of course, it's always been clean. We don't put anything weird on it. And what's happening is there's this other inputs and I, it's either the essential oils or it's the, the beeswax. And so I've now figured out which brands and where to buy beeswax. Typically coming from Northern Canada does not have any contaminants in it. And so maybe over time, I'm going to have to switch from beeswax to something else. So it's been a little bit of a challenge with the over-regulation on testing rules with cannabis to have that the topicals in the cannabis marketplace and dispensaries. So I decided that I was going to make a new line of products that are in the CBD realm. And so CBDA is very good for pain topically, which obviously is what I'm going for with that. And so I found a female-owned company called Green Truth, and I use their CBDA product in my topicals. And I have a line so far, three products, and then it's soon to bump it up to six products that I'm working on uh, tincture. So one, a really super fun thing that I'm doing is I'm making cannabis root tincture. It's not in the regulated space. There's no regulation around cannabis roots. Doesn't contain cannabinoids, but it does have a lot of benefits otherwise. And so I'm doing tincture of that. And eventually I think I'm going to try to utilize it in some kind of topical salve 
and we'll see how that goes. I'm experimenting with that. So right now I'm doing the CBDA in a, this is more, you know, it has a CBDA in it. It has calendula. All my products have a calendula base, which I grow here on the property. And I've been cultivating calendula and St. John's wort and cannabis are the main things that I grow here on the property um, for my topicals. And over the years, I've been nursing these little patches along and now I have just have so much. It's incredible. So that's been really fun. And then I have the, the liquid sunshine and then I have the amber lymph and breast massage oil. And so the lymph and breast massage oil, specifically, I made that for myself initially Um, I was having some pain points in my breast tissue and I'd been getting some thermographies and working with not wearing bras with wires and things like that. And so I was self-teaching breast massage and felt like, you know, I needed something to help with my lymph flow. And I've been getting some nodules like inflamed in my armpits and stuff as well. So I've been working every night. I'm massaging with the lymph and breast oil from basically behind my ears, all my lymph glands down my breast tissue, my armpits down my arms and my chest. When you're massaging, you're massaging all towards the heart when you're doing lymph massage. And so um, I developed that product for myself initially, but everybody loves it. And I love amber. Amber is one of my favorite scents ever. And so I put that in there as well. So I just love it as just a a lotion. Anyways, it's really nice and soothing to the skin. So those are my three first products. I'm so glad I asked because I didn't know about the lymph one. That just leads me into, you know, discussing and talking with you about Moms Do Weed and that project. But with the lymph, I just want to show you a really quick one. So you would take your hands and you would roll, pushing on your breast and roll Uh them. That one's really good for like just moving the lymphs. And like you said, absolutely, those listeners that are hearing us, everything depending on where you're, you know, at in your body, moving towards the heart space Mm -hmm. for that circulation. So thank you for that. But yeah, I just want to share that with you because I think that that, that's the thing that I do and I enjoy doing it, but I'm going to have to get your oil to also work with that. Let's talk about Moms Do Weed. We have just a few more minutes left. I don't want to keep you too long because you're a busy woman, but let's talk about Moms Do Weed. What are you doing? What is that project and how can we access it? Okay, so Moms Do Weed is sort of came about because my friend Patricia Lanier, Patty Lanier, she wanted to get a panel together. Just sort of her idea was like one time, let's do this panel with female cultivators and talk about what we're doing. And so we did that. And then after the excitement was like, oh my God, this is really great. We had like our first panel, we had like 57 attendees or something. We're like, people really want this. Let's do something. And then that turned into a conversation about what about doing a podcast? And so now we're doing a podcast as well as this monthly panel. So (laughs) it's like a whole nother thing to add to my plate. Right. But what I'm discovering is that, I mean, Patty and I have this really amazing connection and we just met. I mean, we knew each other kind of over the phone. Many years ago, I worked at a distributor and she was one of my customers as a farmer. And so I kind of knew her there briefly, but we'd never connected in person. And we met at the Emerald Cup last December in 2021. And we just totally hit it off. And even her husband was there too. And we just had like these amazing conversations. And so after that, we stayed connected and then we did this panel and then her and I just got inspired to do the podcast and the panels together. And so we are doing these monthly panels. We did one with you <laughs> and 
we are doing, or oh, the next one is going to be pregnancy and breastfeeding with cannabis. Um, we have a lot of different things planned and we have so much energy for it. I think because we're already having these conversations and this is the thing we talk about weed in every dimension constantly. Let's do it for a real purpose. Really like engage with competent guests that have good information and coming from the female cannabis cultivator perspective, we offer something that isn't really out there. And so we kind of mix with growing information, mix with everything, mothering. You don't have to be a mom to be a guest or on our podcast. It's just for women. We're the moms. We got that part covered. Both of us have two kids and she basically, Patty is like running the farm on her own and homeschooling her kids too. And so we're both super duper busy, but um, we're having fun with it. And we just, our podcast is on Spotify. We have a website now. We've been asked to get swag. Everybody's like super excited about what we're doing. So it's like, okay, we're just riding this wave of like the excitement around normalizing cannabis conversations. And that's kind of our whole goal is, you know, normalizing cannabis and motherhood and females being cultivators and all the other things that we have going on and really just utilizing it as a platform to elevate other women and our own businesses. So it's exciting and it's, it's been fun. And, you know, cannabis conversations are so normalized for us. Right. right. They just are. We've been talking about it for decades and we've just been eating it and using it and healing from it and helping others. And then I, you know, will talk with someone from a different part of the country or a different part of the world and they're blown away. They have no idea what I'm talking right. about. So I'm so grateful that you are putting this content out there for people to access. How can the listeners, how can they reach you for any of these things, for either the Arcana Flower or the Chaos or for the podcast panel discussions? How can we find them? Do you have a place for all of them to come to for one thing? Or no, are they we don't have a one-stop a one shop. <laughs> <laughs> so with Arcana Flowers, we're on social media. We're on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. We also have a website. So arcanaflowers.com. And Arcana is spelled A-R-C-A-N-N-A, flowers. And then we, let's see. So for Chaos Nature, I have an Instagram. There's a link tree there to the link for my website. And then for Moms Do Weed, we have an Instagram page called um, moms underscore do underscore weed. And then we also have a website. So there's a link tree link on our Instagram. So please go follow us and then hit the link tree and you'll be able to see our website and other things that we're involved in as well. So that, and we also have a Facebook um, group for Moms Do Weed. So we post there for all kinds of things. It's sort of a, you know, a forum for what we're up to, but just sharing and promoting other people's events or, you know, what, what all these women have going on out there. The Facebook group is open to men and women, but on our podcast and, and our panel, we only highlight women and have, have women as guests. And we have a really exciting podcast coming up next. We're going to be interviewing this woman, Sochi, who's a transgendered Native American woman who runs Bay Area Veterans Walk and Talk. So we're actually interviewing her right after this. Look at all these fun things we get to do with the interwebs. I just love it. Well, it's a full-time job just trying to like maintain all those things, right? You know how it is. I appreciate you for taking time to be on our podcast today and just connect with me and all the things that 
you know, we collaborate with in the future. I'm just so excited for, and I'm grateful that you are here sharing this content with others. So again, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Thank you for listening. And let's make this your very best life ever. Mm -hmm.